You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Well, good morning. It's great to see you guys here today. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. We are in a sermon series that we have called 10 because we are, in fact, celebrating uh, the fact that we are 10 years old as a church. And so that's a really big deal to us. And so we, we've been uh, in a series not only looking and celebrating the, uh, that fact, but we're also looking at why we're here. Because when it comes to church, I think it's important that we all kind of step back and, and say, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are we, are we really, as a follower of Jesus, are we really, as a church, accomplishing the goal? Uh, are we winning? Are we doing what God wants us to do? And when we look at the New Testament, Jesus actually makes the win very clear. And so again, we call this verse the Great Commission, and it's in Matthew 28. And here's what Jesus says. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he has all authority, and he says, therefore, because of that authority, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And by the way, I'm with you to the very end of the age. And so every believer, every church is established, the win, the goal for us is to go as we live life, as you go Make disciples, baptize, and teach people to follow Jesus, and he is with us until the very end of the age. Our vision statement here at FC, how we state that is we exist to develop mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. Sounds great, doesn't it? Well, how do we actually do that? What's the strategy? Well, the last two weeks and today, we've been talking about that strategy, and we've been using the three important words that we use here, which is share, connect, and equip. Week one, we talked about what it looks like to share the love of God. Week two, we looked at, last week, what it means to connect to the people of God. And, and for many of us, I think you track well with that, because if you're a lover of Jesus, you want to share God's love. Like, yeah, I want to be somebody that shares the love of God, you can understand that, right? You can buy somebody's meal at a drive-thru, and we still have plenty of those cards, by the way, and uh, pay it backwards. We can do that. We can invest in people, uh, in relationships with people. We can invite them to church. We track with that. We get that. Last week, connect to the people of God. Yeah, that's, I get that. I need to be in relationships with God's people. I need other people to grow as a follower of Jesus. And, and, and so we understand the need for relationships, but today, we're going to look at equip. Because we exist, the part, part of our strategy here is to equip for the mission of God. And this is the tension. The tension is that, okay, we get that one, we get that one, but I'm not quite sure what that even means, Trent. Like, what is the mission of God, and what does it mean to be equipped by that, and how do we do that? Well, I think it's of utmost important that you as an attender or a partner, a follower of Jesus, you would understand what your role is in this church and how you can be on mission with God and, and really get trained to be able to do that. Fuller Seminary said that 87% through their research, 87% of church members don't know their role in the church. 
don't know their role. Now, I believe that. I think there are many of you in the room today who don't know your role in Foothills Church. You don't know where you fit. You don't know what you're talented at. You don't know what your spiritual gift is. And you don't know where you kind of fit in the puzzle of making disciples through this community of believers in this city. And so today I want to answer the question, what does it mean to equip for the mission of God? And, and, and this is an important question because I believe that every single person in this room has a role to play. You have a role to play in, play in God's plan to save the world and to lead people to Jesus. And so we want to look at a few passages today and help us dial in on what that looks like to be equipped for the mission of God. Let's start, I know I said Ephesians 4, we're gonna get there. Let's start in Ephesians 3, verse 20. Here's what the apostle Paul says. This kind of sets the tone for today. Paul says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Man, powerful verse here. A lot is happening. The first thing I want us to see here is that God wants to do more in your life. I know you've got mistakes. I know that you've got pain. I know that you might be introverted. I know that you may not know a lot of people here today. I know that you don't feel like maybe God wants to do something great in your life. I get all of those feelings, but when we turn to the truth of the scripture, he clearly says that God wants to do more. God wants to do more in your heart. God wants to do immeasurably immeasurably more than you could even hope or imagine or to dream of. No matter what problems you've experienced, no matter what pain you've gone through, God wants to do more in your life. Doesn't that feel good to know that? That, Wait, hello? Does that not feel good to know that? I mean, my goodness, are we awake today? We stay up too late watching Michigan State get beat down. God, that was a, some of you don't watch basketball, but I was up late watching that game. Anyway, let's talk about the Lord here. Immeasurably more, right? According, here's the great thing, it's not according to your power. Praise God, it's not according to my power. It's according to his power. It's his power that's going to do more in you and through you, right? And so we trust in that. And now this last phrase is of utmost importance. We can do more through his power for the purpose of what? Giving glory to Jesus, to glorify God, to glorify Jesus, not just in my generation, but all generations. I don't want to just bring glory so that my kids are impacted and your kids are impacted. I want to bring glory today and do my part to equip you to live on mission with God so that your grandkids will love and glorify Jesus and so that their grandkids will. And that throughout all generations, not just 10 years, but I'm talking 20, 30, 50, 100, until Jesus comes back because of what you and I do right here in this community and city, in the walls of this building, but not staying in the walls, living in this community, we transform lives by the power of God throughout all generations. And for you and I, like, that's what resonates in my heart. We're not just here 
for my personal benefit or your personal benefit. We're doing something much bigger that will outlive every single one of us if we do it well. And so my goal, our purpose, your goal in life is to bring glory to God. Now, in the late 1600s, the Church of England and the Church of Scotland came together to come up with what's known as the Westminster Catechism. Big word, it's just simply a statement of faith. What it simply does is it asks a series of questions, important questions, and then they answer the questions. And so you can Google this and look it up. It's a great thing to take your kids through, new believers through. And as we look at this, the first question that it asks is, what is the goal of man? What is the chief end of man? In other words, what is our goal as a human being? And the answer to that question in the Westminster Catechism is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I mean, in one statement, in one sentence, everybody here today knows why you're alive. It is to bring glory to God, to glorify him and enjoy him. Now, the question then, you know, kind of begs, like, are you glorifying God with your life today? Does your family, does your, 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 your business, do you bring glory to God in everything that you are doing? And are you enjoying God? Now, the question, I mean, let's just be honest. Some of you would say, I'm not glorifying God. Some of you would say, I'm not enjoying God right now because of whatever is going on in your life. So how do we do it, though? How do we glorify God? How will we enjoy him forever? Not just now, but forever. And I would answer that question and propose to you that the answer to that question would be that you and I need to join him on his mission. Because when I am on God's mission, glorifying him, I will enjoy him and I will bless other people. So we're connecting all these dots. Your ultimate purpose is to glorify God. How do we glorify God and enjoy him? We've got to live our life on mission. And so, okay, what is God's mission, right? We're getting to it. We're talking about how do we equip for the mission of God? What is God's mission? Here's a simple definition for you. It's, it just simply means this. The mission of God is the total redeeming activity of God to save people and to build his kingdom. And we know what that looks like because of Scripture. He teaches us through Scripture what it looks like to redeem men and women, build his kingdom. And he wants you to join him on that. Now, here's the thing. Being a part of the mission of God doesn't mean that you have to join some other program or jump through some other hoop or, or do something, you know, in your life to get a check mark. What it simply means is that you have a different mentality, you have a different understanding, that when you are living your life, you are living your life observing those needs around you. You're observing the hurting, those who don't know Jesus you're investing in their life. You're inviting them to church. You are serving other people. You are serving your church. It means that everything that you do, you are thinking through the lens of God's mission, right? And so that doesn't mean you have to, you know, go to some program or change jobs or to go. Wherever you work, live on mission. Wherever you go to school, live on mission, you know, whatever you're doing this afternoon, you do that with a mentality that I am here to help other people, and I want to share the love of God with them and connect them to the people of God. And so let's go through a brief history really quickly of God's mission in the world. So it started in the Garden of Eden. The first two people created were 
Adam and Eve, all right, you're with me. History lessons tend to put some of us to sleep. So in the beginning, it was perfect. God was in relationship with them. God told Adam to cultivate the land. He was working in the garden, and it was good. He had a good relationship with God, a good relationship with his wife, and God said, you can eat from any tree in the garden except for this one tree, and Adam and Eve ate from that tree, which entered sin into the world. We call it the fall. And because of the fall, it broke relationship between Adam and Eve and God, and that set God's plan of redemption in motion. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, God goes looking for them. Can I just tell you a side note here? God is looking for you. He's pursuing you today. It's why you're here. We serve a God who is on a mission to rescue you. And in that one instance, God sets forth his plan of redemption, and he says that the offspring of the woman will one day crush the head of the serpent. And what he's alluding to there is that he is going to send a Messiah, a Savior, that will conquer the enemy, conquer sin, conquer death, and allow us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father and live in paradise with him forever. Well, after the fall happens, now God sends another missionary named Noah. You remember that story? God sends a flood to the world. And the flood comes and destroys everyone except for those on the ark. And God gives us a rainbow to make that covenant, saying that he's never going to do that again. God sends another missionary named Abraham. He says, go to a land I'm going to show you. You're not going to know until I tell you. Stop when I tell you to stop. And the whole purpose of establishing descendants for Abraham was was really simple. It wasn't just so that you would be an awesome family. God, in the Old Testament... He says, I'm going to establish a a nation so that you would be a blessing to all people, so that you would be a light to all nations. This missionary God then sends Moses, and Moses comes to the people of Israel who are in captivity. And while they're in captivity, Moses introduces them and calls them to live for Yahweh, the the Hebrew name for the Lord. And, And he, again, establishes them and The scripture says in Exodus 19 to be a holy priesthood, which simply meant that as a nation, they were going to be the mediator between God and everybody else. And so he does. He establishes that. They escape from slavery. And then uh, God sends the kings of Israel. And so now they are on mission and they lead the nation of Israel to again be a blessing to the other nations. Now, some kings led well. Some kings didn't lead so well. But the missionary heart of God was that the people of God, the Israelites, would bless all nations. Then God sends another missionary named Jonah. He said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. He did not want to go. You know the story. He eventually went, though. Thousands repented of sin and turned to God. Again, we see the missionary heart of God. From Jonah, we see God sending all the prophets. We call the major prophets like Isaiah and Daniel. And then he sends all the minor prophets, Micah and Nahum and all these other guys that that they are called and what they are doing is calling people to repentance. And as he is calling them to repentance, they are turning from sin, worshiping God. Why? So that they would be a blessing to the nations around them. This is the heart of God. Hundreds of years pass after the last prophet And then God finally sends the Son of God. The Son of God, Jesus, who is now coming into the world. The Word becomes flesh. 
and he dwells among us. And now he is offering salvation to all people. Right? And so now you and I are a part of that mission. Enter 2019, little me and little you into the grand story and mission of God that he wants to, again, he wants us to be a blessing to the people that live in our city. He wants us to be a light to this community. He wants you to be a light in your family. And Jesus coming now is the final sermon for humanity that through God's word that you and I would see that his command is now to go and to tell, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach. Jesus establishes the church to be the primary vehicle for how those disciples are going to be made. We gather together, all different people, all different gift sets, and we come from different backgrounds, and God brings us here, and he gives you a role to fulfill in this church to connect to other believers, and he wants you and the people in this room to gather together with some intentionality Be intelligent about it. Be smart about it. Be led by the Spirit and connect those who are far from God to their Savior. And so we're called to live on mission. Now, let's look in Ephesians chapter 4 to see what that looks like in the life of the church. This is a powerful passage of Scripture that you and I need to turn to and understand so that we can begin to apply this to our life and get equipped For God's missions. Here's what it says in Ephesians 4, verse 11. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the flesh, of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood. We want to be mature men and women in the room to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we no longer, we will no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, the church is a body, joined and held together by every joint, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I want to give you four key truths when it comes to being equipped for the mission of God. And the first one is this. God has a unique purpose and calling for each one of you. Every single person in the room has a unique purpose and a unique calling. Now, when, when we look at verse 16, he says, when each one does its work, the body grows and builds itself up. That means that every single one of you have a purpose and have a calling. So my next question, I'm sure you can guess it. Do you know what your purpose and calling is? Do you know? Can you explain it? What is your purpose? What is your calling? Big purpose, glorify God by making disciples and living on mission. Little p purpose, how are you gifted and how are you designed to be a part of that grander mission? I believe that every person in the room who has trusted Jesus for salvation has this unique purpose and calling. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says it well. 
Paul says, for we are his workmanship. In other words, God created everything about you. He created us in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, listen to this, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God prepared in advance beforehand. Before what? Before you were born. Before the foundations of the world, God knew you. He was going to call you. He's given you a purpose beforehand that you should walk in this calling. So if you're not walking in this calling, you might be a good person in your mind, but you're not being faithful because you're not walking in the purpose and the calling that God has given to you. Now think about it. We use the term volunteer a lot in this area, obviously, because we're the vols, right? And the idea of a volunteer is that a volunteer will volunteer themselves for something to serve in, right? In the church specifically, if we're volunteering. But when you think about the word volunteer, it kind of gives the impression, it implies that you're choosing to do something that's optional, doesn't it? It's an option, I don't have to, but I'm going to volunteer and do this. I mean, that's kind of what is implied. But in light of this verse here, God prepared my calling and purpose in advance, right? Therefore, I should walk in it. So it's not really me volunteering. It's really me fulfilling. Does that make sense? Are you fulfilling what God is calling you to be a part of? This is a huge first step for us. The second key point when it comes to being equipped for the mission of God is that to fulfill your purpose, you need to be equipped, trained, and serve in a ministry. You need both. You need to be able to be trained and you need to be serving in order to fulfill that purpose. So there's a couple of things going on here. Equipping, learning, and serving at the same time. Verse 12, equip the saints for what? The work of the ministry. Work. Okay, so every single person here today, if you're a follower of Jesus, should walk in here with a hunger to learn, a hunger and a desire to be equipped, to be trained. And as that hunger grows and as you are fed, you are equipped and you are able to serve well. For a lot of people, they come into church with this attitude that they know everything already. Oh, I've already heard it before, Trent. I know everything that you're going to say. I know. We got to serve. You know, we walk into this experience and we sing and it's like, yeah, I'm not, I don't really expect God to speak to me. I don't expect God to do anything in my life. I don't expect God to, to teach me anything. That's why I don't have a pen or a pencil. I'm not writing anything down. If God would have to strike you in the head with a lightning bolt to really help you learn anything today for some of you. <laughs> and so the, the reality is, though, the exact opposite should be happening. Like we come into this place and environment with a teachable spirit. You might be a big wig in your business and you have a lot of knowledge and you are awesome, but when it comes to the spiritual side of life, are you being equipped? Are you serving well? And are you fulfilling your purpose? And I think it takes a teachable spirit for us to get to that level. Now the other side of this is we need to have a hunger to serve a desire to serve. You go to work, you get hired. First thing they do when you get hired is they send you to some kind of training, right? 
You've got to be trained, you've got to be equipped, and then you can go do your job well, and there's ongoing training. At work, we understand this. We go to the training, and then we do our jobs. At church, we don't feel like we need any training. We feel like we got this. I didn't, so we just show up. What about this, though? What, what, when it comes to sports, like you're, you go to practice, and you practice, and depending on how well you play in practice, you're going to get into the game and do well in the game, hopefully. We understand that concept. you got to practice well, and then you can get in the game. Perfect practice makes perfect, by the way. Practice doesn't make perfect. So, so we understand these concepts, but when it comes to church, we feel like I've been a Christian for 20 years, therefore I should be able to do X, Y, and Z, or I should be able to do whatever, you know? And that's just not the case. What it really depends upon is have we been equipped and have we been serving well? Is God prepared us to fulfill our calling, our purpose? Do you know what that is? Your maturity, your faith is of utmost importance so that you can serve better. And that's the whole concept behind equipping for the mission of God. We want you to serve better. We want to help you in every way be equipped and trained so that you can fulfill the calling that God has given to you. Now, several years ago, uh, Coach Corals was the football coach at Maryville High School and uh, winningest coach in uh, the nation at that time and, and uh, probably still holds the record. But I, I interviewed him one day and spent the afternoon with him, great man. And uh, as I was talking to him about what does it really take to be a winner, what, is it really, what, what are some of the keys to that, he says, Here, he said, here's the number one thing that I've learned as I've, I've been coaching now for however many years it was. He said, you know what, every player has to know their role. Like, huh. That'll preach. <laughs> he said, everybody has to know their role. And he said, they also have to believe in themselves. And then he said, and by the way, there are no most important positions. He said, every position. In fact, he said, it takes 90 plus people doing their job. Because at that time, there were over 90 people, students and coaches, a part of the team. I was like, man. That actually is a great sermon outline. Like, everybody needs to know their role in the church. Everybody needs to believe in themselves that God's work in you is going to do more in you. It's not your work, it's his work. He's doing more because the spirit lives in you. Everyone know their role. Everyone believe in themselves. And we come to the idea that no role is more important than any other role. You see people on stage and it's like, oh, they're, they're the really important ones Right? Okay, so there's a level of responsibility. I get that. But it doesn't matter if you are serving in the kids' ministry. And by serving in the kids' ministry, you're providing a distraction free environment here. So when I preach the gospel, people aren't distracted by kids. Right? That's huge. Not to mention that they're also in, in their environments learning about Jesus. That's huge. Right? That's a huge part of winning. It doesn't matter if you're the guy that helps collect you know, trash, or you open the doors, or you wave people in, you're caring for orphans during the week, and nobody even sees you doing that. God sees you. That's your role, right? There's the, there's the big passion in our life that we want to help you rally around, and that might be, I want to serve and help homeless people, or I want to care for orphans, or I want to care for, you know, fill in the blank. And so, we want to help you begin to do that and take part in all the organizations and ministries that we have. And then there's also Sunday morning. Sunday morning, we need people to open the door and say, hey, glad you're here. That may not be the purpose and the calling that God created you to do from the foundations of the world, right? You may not get 
a level of satisfaction from that. But we need people to serve. And we need people in, in a row on Sunday performing the, the, the service that our church people and new people will be blessed by. And so every role is important. It doesn't matter if it's a Monday through Friday thing or if it's a Sunday morning thing. Every single role is valuable and important. Um, I used to coach my kids playing when they were playing soccer when they were little. I'm not a good soccer coach, by the way, but they were just kind of like, we need coaches, and if you have a pulse, we need you. And I was like, I've got a pulse. I guess I'll do it. And so I, uh, I coached, and, and so one of the things about soccer when kids are little is that it's almost like a swarm of bees, and they just, you know, follow the ball everywhere, and so that's funny and stuff, but as they get older, they have to start learning their position, right, and, and with my kids, it was really, really tough, so I'm coaching, and I'm trying to teach them, okay, there's the forwards, and they score the goals, and then there's the defense, and then they, when the ball comes, they, you know, steal the ball, and they kick it back up to the others to score goals, well, let me just tell you, I had a hard time convincing my kids that defense was as cool as offense, right? Because my son and my daughter especially, they wanted to score, and they wanted to be where the action was, and they wanted to be wherever the ball was, and, and so they wanted to just follow it. And so it was a really hard lesson for me to, to, to teach them because, yeah, everybody wants to score the goal, but... I just remember several times as, as I'm trying to, you know, it was kind of one of those leagues where everybody's got to play in a different position, and, you know, we're not keeping score here, but really we are, you know. And, uh, and, 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 and so I remember putting my son specifically in the, on the defense, and, I mean, as soon as the whistle blew, man, he was in the front. <laughs> he totally left his, his, his spot, and he was up in the front. And then what happened? Well, they got, got a breakout, and then, you know, they got left behind, and we got scored on, and it's like, that's why defense is important, you know? Sometimes it takes a little bit of pain and some mistakes for us to realize our role is important. And in the life of the church, every single position is critical. And when we don't play our part, the church suffers. The mission of God suffers. And so our attitude when we come to church, when we're a part of Foothills Church, is we get to serve, not I have to serve, right? It's a mentality shift. I get to come and worship on Sunday morning because there are some people who had to work today and they didn't even get an opportunity to do that. I get to engage in some powerful music in in an electrifying environment and some people go to dead, dying churches. I get to come to Foothills Church and search and search and search for a parking spot because I can't hardly find one. I get to do that. That's a kingdom opportunity for me. It's not a problem. It's a kingdom opportunity because there are a lot of dead churches around that have plenty of parking spaces. I get to be here. I get to serve. I get to share Jesus with people. Not I have to. It's a complete mind shift that we have to wake up every single day and know that we've got to change our attitude from a complaining voice to an appreciative heart. We've got to get to that point. We've got to appreciate what we have. It's a get-to mentality, not a have-to. Here's the third key that we've got to understand. If we want to be equipped, the result of knowing your purpose and serving well is spiritual maturity. A lot of people think that showing up means that you're growing up, and that's just not the case. Like, in order to reach spiritual maturity, it is a process. It takes a long time. 
It's a series of ups and downs, learning some knowledge, but it's also serving well. You can't grow spiritually if you aren't serving well. If you aren't serving, you really aren't learning anything. If you aren't giving back to the church and giving back to the, to the Holy Spirit, to God, you're not growing. I'm, I promise you that. If, it, if, if that were the case, then all we would have to do is read a bunch of books and study the Bible and just learn a bunch of stuff. But spiritual maturity doesn't have a lot to do with just the knowledge that we have. It is part of it. We got to have the knowledge. But if all we're doing is learning and we're not actually serving well, then you and I have missed what it really means to follow Christ. Um, I had a good story emailed to me a couple weeks ago. I wanted to read to you today. This is Rachel Best, and she just went through camp two. She sent this, and I thought, man, this would be great to share with everybody because our journey process are the steps that we always talk about. Base camp is step one, and then camp two is where we teach you your purpose, and we help you identify your purpose and your, um, your, your experiences and your spiritual gifts and your personality and all these things. We, we help uh, lead you in that way and equip you. She says this, I had an incredible experience with Camp 2. I feel like God has been working in my heart in amazing ways, and really the timing of Camp 2 couldn't have been better. I met with Pastor Todd for my coaching session, and it was so exciting to develop a mission statement and find some more clarity in the direction it seems God is moving me in. Honestly, I would never have come up with that mission statement on my own, but it's perfect. I feel like Camp 2 has really helped to fast-track me in my spiritual maturity and has given me a sense of direction on where it is I'm supposed to go as I seek to make his name known. I would encourage everyone who has gone through base camp to hurry up and sign up for camp too. What a catalyst it can be in moving you closer to God and helping you discover how you are designed to do kingdom work here on earth. And I said that was incredible. Just one of our partners taking those steps, not really thinking about a mission statement, what am I, but boom, God speaks and God set her on a path of maturity and growth. You see, God wants you to grow up. He wants you to grow up. He wants you to learn. The reason why in this text, he says, look, I don't want you to get tossed back and forth. You know what I mean? He says, look, so that we would no longer be children tossed to and fro from the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. So, so he's calling us to grow up and stop being children. <laughs> so the reality is there's a lot of people in the room who are still acting like a child. And you're like 40, 50 years old. Emotionally, spiritually, the way that you treat people is very immature. The way that you handle money is very immature. The way that you handle your spiritual life is very immature. Think of your biggest problem in the room right now, please. Everybody, just your biggest problem. Everybody think about it. Your biggest problem. Can I tell you right now? It's a spiritual problem. Every problem you have boils down to your spiritual life and the spiritual problems that you have today exist because you, in many ways, act like children. 
We all struggle with it. It's a process that we're in. We get tossed to and fro emotionally. We don't understand things. We get tossed to and fro because we don't understand the Bible. We don't know what it means and how to apply it to our life. And can I tell you, God wants you to stop acting like a child. Parenting would be awesome if my children didn't act like children, wouldn't it? (laughs) All the parents in the room get an amen on that. Like, it'd be great if they'd stop acting like children. It'd be wonderful if we had 2,000 grown adults in this church who acted like spiritual parents. I think we'd turn the world upside down with that. But it's going to require each of us growing in maturity and, 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 and joining God in that process of spiritual growth. And we're here to help you do that. Finally, the last step is this, the last key, the last truth from this text is the primary role of leaders in the church is to equip the saints. Verse 11, he gave the teachers, apostles, those, those gifts. Why? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So my primary work, my primary job description is to equip you to work. My work is to equip you to work. And if you're a leader in this church, If you're a teacher, leader in this church, your job is to equip other people to do work, to do the work of the ministry. That's my role, that's my work, and that's your work, if you're a leader, to equip those to do the ministry. Now, those of you uh, who uh, have this position of leadership, man, I want to encourage you. Have this idea and concept that, man, there's just so much talent in the room. There's so much potential in the room that if we just we would just pour into the lives of people and train them just a little bit more and then send them on their way to serve, I believe we would transform this community. I really think we're on the cusp of that. We're seeing it in so many different areas because my hope, my heart, is to not only challenge you, but, but I want you to be equipped. I want you to use the gifts that you're using at work. And I want you to use those gifts here God didn't just bless you with those gifts to be successful at work. He blessed you with those gifts to make us successful here. Now, part of our role is helping you identifying uh, what those are and giving you a platform to be able to, to use those. And, and that is why we're here. We, honestly, we got to figure this out with you. That's why we've created these steps to, to help identify that. It's not an overnight process. It takes time. But when we do this, when you and I are doing this together as a church, the text says that you and I will grow specifically in love. This last verse here, I just want to identify it again. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love, in love. Like that's, that's the hope. As we are equipped, as we are serving, the body grows in love. And you know what? When I experience that level of love with other believers, it, it, it brings two words to my mind that I want to land on today and finish with. The first word is thankfulness. When that love grows in my heart, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for those who invested and equipped me. I'm thankful for a dad and a mom and a family and a church that had a a process to help me grow as a young man of God. 
and they poured into my life and the seminary professors and all the mentors in my life that invested in me, so it makes me thankful that they did that. But when I reflect upon that and I am thankful, it also brings another word to my mind, and that is the word responsible. God blessed me, God poured into me so that I would be thankful, but that I would also be responsible. It's my responsibility not just to hoard the information that I have. It's not just to hoard the stories and the knowledge and the experiences and the story that I have for myself. It's on my shoulders to now give that to other people. I I have much to be thankful for, and so do we as a church. In this series, we're, 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 we're looking at 10 years. 10 years has been awesome. And I want us to be thankful. As we are built up in love, I want you to be thankful. Thankful for the church that started us, Grace Baptist Church. The pastor at that time, Ron Stewart, who had this vision and and, uh, sent me and invested thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, so that we could be here today. Sent volunteers out to kick this thing off. They invested into this community when you didn't even know who they were. They invested into you, and you didn't even know this place was alive or even existed or what God was going to do. You had no idea your kids were going to come to faith. You had no idea that your marriage was going to fall apart and you were going to need this place. You had no idea you were going to lose a loved one and you were going to need this place to encourage you through it. You had no idea the problems that you were going to face. But because somebody invested in this community, into this church, you were blessed by it. So take away today, one thing we want to do, as we're equipped for the mission of God, we want to be thankful, we want to be responsible. So before you leave today, would you take five minutes? We've got thank you cards all out in the the atrium today. Would you you take five minutes just to say thank you to Grace Baptist Church? We're going to send all these cards. We're actually going to do a really cool wall with all these cards on it. We're going to take it over there to them so that they know our heart. We're thankful for what you did, but we also want them to know we're responsible. We're taking the next step together. And a very easy next step that I want you to take today is, I mentioned it last Sunday, today it actually begins, the 10-day devotion. For 10 days, in celebration of 10 years, a decade of discipleship, we're going to do a 10-day devotion together. We want to encourage you to do it with your friends. Talk about it. I believe God is going to use this as a catalyst to get us on the same page and catapult us into the next 10 years. So it's up to you. I mean, think about it. It's really up to you, and it's up to you whether or not you're actually going to join this mission. I mean, you, you could continue to, to, to do life as you're doing it, not really sharing the love of God. You're not really going to connect to the people of God. You're not going to uh, get equipped for the mission of God, and, and you're just going to continue just to kind of ho-hum it through life and not know your purpose and not know your vision. But can I tell you, if in fact that's the path you decide to go, this is what your life looks like. Everybody take a look at this. We've got essentially 12 volts of about 15 minutes of raw power here. Everybody give it up for Andrew Zixis here. Easy, easy killer. I mean... First of all, I think we're breaking the, the limit on that, but I mean, we, we've got, what are we at, 12 volts? Thank you, man. 
12 volts. It's going to last about, I don't know, 12 to 15 minutes, depending on how heavy you are sitting on it, I guess. And you, you've got about, I don't know, about one horsepower of torque going on here. It's like, it's like this is the epitome of a life not engaged, not connected, not serving the Lord, not glorifying God. It really looks ridiculous when we sit on that, right? When a grown man look, sits on it's ridiculous. And, and that's kind of the representation of what your life looks like when you're not connected and serving. However, what would it look like if you took the next step? What would it look like if you said, you know what, I am going to take some steps to get on mission with God. I want to know my purpose. I want to know my role. I want to get equipped. I want to connect to God's people. I want to start glorifying God in ways that I've never glorified God. I want to be connected to his spirit, and I want to mature as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Folks, if you decide to do that, here's what your life begins to look like. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about right there. We're talking about some major. Woo! Hey, give it up for my man here. This is. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the epitome of horsepower, right? I mean, this to me is a representation of what your spiritual, emotional life begins to look like when you join God on his mission, right? And so let's just take a minute. You can get with this. Or you can get with that. I, I hope you get with this, right? I hope you take steps today. Hey, this is a process. You don't you don't leapfrog steps. It's a process, and you've got to take the next step so that God will use you and bless you. And I promise you, it, it will not disappoint. He will not disappoint. Let me ask you to bow your heads. Lord, we've got a lot of people here today that, God, they want to grow. They want maturity but there are roadblocks. There are things in their life that, Lord, they're just confused about or perhaps they're just being overwhelmed with. Lord, would you just give them the strength to make the decision today to blow through those obstacles? I pray, God, that you would help us to take steps to share, connect, equip, be a part of the mission of God in ways that we have never experienced before. Use this church, God, to glorify your son, Jesus, and to experience an outpouring of your spirit in this community and beyond. God, you, you sent us here. You planted us here. God, we don't want to just stay in this community. We want to we go to the other parts of this city, God, that you're calling us to. Would you raise us up? And would you bless us? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's stand to our feet today. As we close out this morning, let's sing a song, an anthem of how we want God to build our life and focus our heart on his mission. Let's sing together.
Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.